You know, if I were her age, I wouldn't really want to spend a week out here either. Well, thanks for humoring me then. No, I didn't mean it like that. I just... I'm sure you did. Hey. I I'm trying. Try harder. Man, what a hideous, ugly place. I like it. It's a statement. Hello! That's Joe and I'm Scott and we are Just Another Movie Night and today we are talking trash. Talking trash. Talking trash <laughs> indeed. And once again we've stumbled into another amazing piece of crap. What year is this? This one came out in 2021. And this one is called A House on the Bayou and it is a movie about a lonely, locked-up coyote who is only looking for a little bit of gut. <laughs> That's not at all but, what it's about. <laughs> but only if that gut comes from one person's belly, he will wait until that person speaks again to give his last lines before he eats once again in a locked room. I mean, he is a hungry coyote, and you know how I know? <laughs> He's been locked in a closet for a very long time. But none of that matters because it's not really happening. Or it is, it's just not in this dimension. So where do you want to start with this one? Because this one's a mess. Okay. Well, let's just start out by saying that this is a Blumhouse movie. Yeah, they they released it. I think they released it for Epix, I believe, the the streaming service Epix. We found this one on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. So this movie was directed by Alex Magali. Do we know anything from this person? Uh, he seems to have three credits. He's directed Don't Tell a Soul. And it's a full-length movie? And that's a full-length movie. And then The Sparkle Room, which whatever that is, I don't that know. That might be where the coyote was. <laughs> the Black Room. Yeah. So, so yeah. This movie stars Angela Serafin. And you she's from Westworld. Westworld. And I believe she was in like the Twilight movies and mm -hmm. a couple other things. She's a very unique woman. She has a very interesting eye structure. She stands out in all the movies that she's in. Yeah. Well, so well, let's just start because let's just start off right off the bat. That this movie, I'll say the fast synopsis of this movie is that a, a married couple having a terrible marriage uh, decide to go on a little vacation stay on the bayou in a gorgeous house so she can prepare to sell it and the locals decide to drop in and all hell breaks loose so let's just say that the movie starts off the husband played by i'm not sure the actor's name i His know he's in Paul newsroom schneider he was in large and the real girl okay well this actor i don't know what he's doing in this movie like he is bringing a very strange game and we'll get more and more into that as it happens. But he walks in the door to his house, and we see the lead actress sitting at the couch crying. And then slowly, she tells him, I caught you cheating. And I have pictures. He denies it. 
she shows him the pictures. He says, whoops, I made a mistake. Uh, I love you, and I want to stay together still, and I well, don't know why. he doesn't say that. She says that she wants to keep the marriage together. Well, basically, she, he says, what do you want me to do? Because he's basically saying he wants to stay with her. And then she's like, That's the impression you, you, don't, I don't wanna, you don't want me to divorce you, and we're going to stay together. Not only are we going to stay together, we're going to go on a little trip and get the hell out of the house and do what I say now. And then he's like, okay, honey. Does she know you're married? I'm so fucking sorry. I'm going to make this easy on you. I'm not divorcing you. I love our family and I love the life that we've built and I'm not throwing it away. You get therapy. First, you will never see Vivian again, other than to tell her that it's over. Of course. Second, neither of us will mention this to Anna. Well, I agree with that. Third, we're going on a vacation. A what? A family vacation. You, me, and Anna. Our life, our family, it means more to me than anything in the world. Me too. Now, go pick up Anna from soccer practice, please. And he leaves. And then the next scene, we see them traveling on a long road trip to go to this house on the bayou in Louisiana. This marriage, though, as we keep getting more and more dialogue between the husband and the wife, and also, let's just, let's just say this, the daughter is also kind of bratty right off the bat. Like, just naggy and bratty right off the bat. Because she's a, a teenager. She's a teenager, so of course all teenagers in all movies and all, all life have to be naggy. And, and very like, I don't like what we're doing, where are we going kind of a thing. And then the husband and wife are just awful to each other. I, I would say the husband is taking it, the wife is delivering terrible terrible spiteful things door won't open no manhole cover in lower manhattan yes the door she just is letting him know she hates his guts she's gonna make his life miserable now that she found out that he was cheating on her which seems like they've always had this miserable life before the cheating happened yes they just seem like they were in a terrible relationship from day one and the house they get there is that it's virtually the house from Interview with the Vampire, where I believe Lestat is living. It looks like the same house. It looks like the same house. It's that gorgeous house you've probably seen in every single movie. Everything's great. They go, they go sit near the pool, and then we get just more and more of this husband and wife hating each other. And she's basically like, I want food, and I want veal cutlets. We could get groceries and wine. I was thinking of cooking veal cutlets tonight. Or I can grill burgers. Anna and I hate veal. Great. Veal cutlets it is. And then he says, this is a plot point, guys. He says, I don't like veal cutlets. Not only do I not like veal cutlets, your daughter doesn't like veal cutlets. Why don't I barbecue? And she says, I want veal cutlets. Go to the store and get veal cutlets. We're going to eat the thing that you both hate. And right off the bat, I don't understand if we're supposed to like 
this woman. Well, I already don't like her because she has resting bitch face and she's just, you know, you just, you can tell she's a shrew and, and just, you know, she, she seems just terrible. Seems terrible. She seems very awful and unlikable. So, whoa, she, whoa. oh, and not, and we go, I forgot this. She throws the keys at him. Yeah. She, she's just doing things out of spite right, right now. Like just because she knows he's a cheater and he, you know, she can abuse him however she wants because, you know, I guess she owes it to him after he cheated on her. So she's just being a total. Yeah. But I would say that right off the bat, we're establishing the fact that not only do the child and the husband both not like the food that she constantly makes them eat because it's established like, we don't like it. Don't you, you, you just don't never cared. So we automatically are like, Oh, she's not caring of their, of them either. So she's not great either. And, and you don't really know right off the bat, who do I care about here? So the husband and the daughter, he makes the daughter come with him to the store, which is a ways away, apparently. And the convenience store is, again, one of the stereotypical hick convenience stores that you've seen in every movie where... Little country stores that have, like... You know, just the bare essentials, and then the guy working there the is the guy working there is just the bearded lumberjack-looking type who's looking at everybody in the movie like, I know I'm in a movie, and I'm I'm going to be something later on, and it, it's just very telling. Like, it doesn't it feels forced right off the bat, and it's just a cliche in horror movies, it, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it should be noted that Leah McHugh is playing um, the daughter Anna. And she played Sprite in the Eternals. Oh, I didn't she even was, pick up on um, that. She was also in the Lodge. Yeah, so, so this is the... Uh, all right, well, there's two things, because one thing that's really funny is they got a lot of veal. This is a veal store, and they want you to know that this is a veal store. They have a, Not only do they have a stack of veal, they have a sign that tells you, hey, veal here. Yeah, like there's and, no shortage of veal at all. And, of course, the husband's like, hell no, I'm not buying veal. I don't like it. We don't want to eat it. We're having veal cutlets tonight. We got a lot in at the store. Veal cutlets at your store? Yes, ma'am. We got a huge shipment in yesterday. They're on display. No one can miss them. So he, of course, he decides not to buy it. But at the same time as him, he's staring at the veal here sign. Uh, we meet another character who introduces himself to the fourteen-year-old daughter, and he is named Isaac. I believe mm -hmm. because Isaac. if you've ever seen a religious overtone movie, you know that Isaac is going to show up and he's not going to be a good guy mm -hmm. or maybe he is a good guy. Who knows? Uh, but he shows up and he says, Hey, you know, I'm an 18 year old kid and you're a 14 year old girl. We should date. Yeah, we should go much. get some milkshakes he, and you should get my car. He's like overly like creepy with her and it's just, it's gross and unsettling. And she's all in. And she's in because she's 14 years old, and she's like, ooh, a boy. Oh, yeah. And but, he looks um, like a cool he guy. He just looks like, you know, with his, like, denim vest, and he just looks like, you know, he's a, just a, he's a bad boy, and, you know, he's got something, he got a chip on his shoulder or whatever. And uh, Well, no, he's, I would say, not even a chip. He's, like, full on into her instantly, and he's flirty. He says, you look like my ex-girlfriend. And she's like, ooh. Yeah, except and he's you're like, prettier. Yeah, you're prettier. We should, we should spend time together. And, and he's like really forcing it. 
And of course, like like Joe said, you know, full blue, you know, like full denim, you know, the whole thing. It's just like very typical. So this actor who plays Isaac, uh, he was in um, the movie that. Mud. Uh, oh, Mud's great. Is with, he the um, with Matthew McConaughey. His name is Jacob Laughlin. And he was in the um, Maze Runner movies as well as Harris. Okay. Yeah, so he, he shows up. Well, he walks away after like flirting with her. And the daughter comes over and the father's going to ring up his groceries. The grocery guy, the bearded guy who's acting very strange. is a cliche stereotype. He's, and he's acting it up. You know, he's like, oh, we don't have a, of course, nothing works. I have to write it down. And uh, then the father gets handed a receipt, and the guy behind the counter has written something along the lines of "The devil's, the devil's watching, watching you." And you, we're like, "Okay, the devil's watching you," which could have many meanings because he could be talking about himself. He could be talking about a literal the, devil. The literal devil. He could be talking about a creepy Isaac who is hitting on a fourteen-year-old, or he could be talking about the shrew of a wife. Or his sins, maybe like or, just a metaphorical. Or his sins because he did cheat person. on his wife. Um, it could go any way you you look at it. it. Could be anything. Well, he's a little weird. The father's instantly weirded out, but he forgets about it quick. So he gets into the car. They drive back. They have a good old time. the The daughter and the father seem to really get along, and yeah, they, they have, have a, decent a good bonding moment, I would say, and um, which is crazy for later on. He comes home and he finds that that she, they they freak out because they can't find their wife. But she's upstairs hammering away on a door. She can't get in one room in the house, and so they can't figure out how to get in the room. And they can't see in there. It's dark. There's no sunlight, and they can't figure out how to get in. And just when they're trying to get in, there's a knock at the front door. So the oh, the wife, of course, being angry, I'll get it. So she storms down the stairs, and at the front door, we find Isaac has shown up. And Isaac is like, hey, I met your daughter, and we're your neighbors, and me and my grandpappy, I say that because they're going to say this name a lot, they, the old man from the gas, they, from the, the food place with the beard and everything, his name is grandpappy, it's his grandfather, and they're going to invite them all for dinner. And they're going to make her favorite meal of veal cutlets. Did you get the veal? And he won't stop saying... Hey, we have a ton of veal cutlets at the store, and we shut down the grocery store so we can cook you dinner, although we literally just saw them. So we're going to shut down midday the grocery store and make you guys veal cutlets at home, and you guys are all invited. And of course, the wife's like, that's great. I love veal cutlets, and everybody in my family hates them, so I can't wait to have them. So she goes up, and she gets mad. She's like, you lied to me. You had veal cutlets, and you didn't get them on purpose because you're a bastard. Well, maybe he's lying about the stupid cutlets. He's not lying. You are. Why couldn't you buy the veal like I asked? I am telling you, I didn't see it. Sure you did. But you hate veal, so you didn't buy it. Because you do exactly what you want and damn the consequences. You're not just talking about veal. Wow, what a genius you are. <sighs> Anna hates veal too. But you never think about her. She's all I think about. And then he's like, I don't like veal cutlets. 
This yeah. is a big. This is a big soap. <laughs> Veal cutlets, very important in this film. Of course, this leads him to tell her that he funk. He just cannot stand her, and then he wants to die. Like he cannot stand it. And then she's like slaps him in the face, and then she's like, you know what? I love you so much, and I want our marriage to be great. And he's like, I love you too, and I want it to work out, and everything's going to be great. And we've got to work on this. We got to go counseling and everything. And you know, it's a nice little scene. Well, we got to go to this guy's house for dinner. Grandpappy is making a specific dinner, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be veal cutlets, which she can't wait to have apparently. And just then, the daughter's nose mysteriously starts bleeding. And she's like, look, I don't want to go to this kid's house and have a nosebleed because I'm embarrassed. And the husband's like, well, I also don't want to go because, I mean, face facts, he hates veal cutlets. He don't want veal cutlets. Also, can we just um, just go back a smidge? And, go all the way back. I mean, Bring first of back. all, how creepy is it that this kid shows up at the freaking house and says, Oh, we want to invite you to dinner at my grandpappy's house. Grandpappy makes good food. Grandpappy makes good food. Like the best from the from, from right off the bat, grandpappy, who is the owner of the little store, the general store that sold them the food, um, he was less than friendly, um, oh. and he also wrote that note, which yeah. is creepy as fuck, on an on a receipt. You're right. So we're like, the okay, husband brings that up. I forgot about. Why that. would we want to go to your house? Or, you know, for yeah. dinner, like that's just weird. Well, well, his his trying to get out of veal cutlets again. He's like, they look at this thing that he wrote, and she's like, ah, you know, that's just a thing. She Don't take it so serious. It off like it's nothing. He wrote this on my receipt. Mm. You're being watched by the devil. He's probably making a joke. Yeah, I want those so, veal cutlets. Yeah, and then you know the day of they're supposed to go and have dinner, which is that night. It's only like yeah, minutes like, later. He cut the, you know, Isaac comes back to the house and says, right when they're saying we're not oh, going to go. Yeah, well, she, you know, the daughter got a nosebleed, so yeah. she, they weren't going to go to the the dinner because the daughter didn't want Isaac to see her with the nosebleed. So she, you know, they just decide to stay home, and then they hear a knock on the door. Yes. And guess and it, what? It's Isaac. Hey, how convenient. The oven broke at our house. So can we make the food here? And I brought everything, even ice cream yep. and even wine. Everything you could want. I'm an 18-year-old and I brought you wine. It's, it's in the truck with my grandpappy. Hmm. Uh, veal cutlets, onions, carrots, grits. <laughs> grandpappy sure can cook. Grandpappy's in the truck. Everything and they're they ready can to go. Need is there. Grandpappy's already in the truck. Okay, Grandpappy, get out of the truck and let's make dinner here. They can't say no, now, so they say yes. It should be noted that this house is on the market because the woman who is the she's trying to sell protagonist it, the wife, is yeah. the wife. Um, she her name is Jessica. She is trying to sell the house, so she's apparently familiar with this piece of property in some Not way. Not really, kind of. Right, she's never actually been there, but she's familiar with the property. But somehow, when Isaac and Grandpappy come in, um, Isaac seems to know a lot about the house, even though he's never met the people that own it. Yeah, it he slowly knows, starts coming out. It starts but he seems coming to coming out that you know he knows where everything is in the house. Everything is strategically placed. Yeah, because they, they, there's a whole sequence where they he, he's just saying creepy things. That's making them a little uh, upset. Like, 
kind of hitting on the daughter again. And then he's like, you know, I need candles. Because there's nothing that makes a dinner romantic than candles. Can I light some was candles? Was he trying to do romance or was he just... I think he's trying to creep them out. Trying to creep them out like it, to the 11th degree. Yeah. and he, he wants to light the candles. And then... He knew where the candles were. That's the big twist. Yeah, he knew he where the says, candles were. He just says, I know where the candles are. And then they're like, well, you know, I just figured. And then he's like, you got a lighter though? And then he lights them while they're in the other room going, they're creepy. And this is weird. He lights them with his hand, apparently. The candles just light up while they're in the other room. The daughter daughter sees it. She's all happy. To tell the parents that he lit the candles with his fingers. So that leads me to believe that something is not on the up and up with this kid. He seems to be some sort of demon or something. And everything he's saying is just like hints about how, oh, I'm judging you. And I'm I'm evil and something creepy. And And the grandpappy, too. When confronted about the note, he basically just responds to the husband by saying, you know, the devil watches you when you do bad things. Mm -hmm. So hint, hint, you know, you cheated and I know and the devil knows. Everybody gets the devil comes for sins. So you're being judged, basically. So this is where they try to throw them. Basically, get out of the house. We're going to go to bed early. And food was great, yeah. but leave. I love veal cutlets. Now get out. The family tries to throw them out of the house, and that just goes but, right to shit. Well, only because Grandpappy jumps up and says, I gotta go take a crap. Oh, for Christ's sakes. I gotta use your pisser. It is so weird. He leaves to go take a crap while they're kind of arguing with Isaac. I feel like your cat's the only one that likes me here. You cook little cutlets for strangers and this is the thing she get? They're starting to get really tense. They, they know something's wrong. And they hear Grandpappy upstairs and we hear the cat going nuts. And Isaac's like, you know, Grandpappy might have the squirts. Sounds like he got into it with your cat. <laughs> Which is so random. I'm not even kidding. He literally says he might have the squirts. Yeah. Which is... It was fantastic. It was, it was so random and, and strange to just blurt that out. It could take Grandpappy a little bit. Sometimes he gets the squirts. And now, and then what's really odd here, I think that this is this is something that is very strange about the movie, is the movie kind of takes a little turn because Jessica, the wife, she starts becoming the rational, more likable one. And the husband starts increasingly getting more his acting choices are just absurd. He can't do or say anything to like get rid of the characters from the house. He, he's just kind of like, yeah, I think you should leave. And it just feels very strange. Like he just feels forced. All and of his acting is, is like he's it, trying to find the emotion as an actor and he just he, can't yeah. nail it. He, he doesn't know where he's going with it. He has no idea how to be. It's like, he's trying to be angry and, you know, sad and scared at the same time, but he uh, just can't pick one. Yeah, and, and I just remembered we forgot what made the grandpa say, I have to take a crap. Oh, I'm sorry, grandpappy. Grandpappy, they which keep is saying a thousand it. times in the movie. Uh, the reason grandpappy says, I have to take a crap is because the daughter gets another nosebleed and literally head first goes into the veal cutlets. And she wakes up, she's passed out. We Do we have this explained? No. No. This doesn't get explained. Nothing gets explained it about the daughter's ev- nosebleeds. But the problem is, them. everything in the movie kind of 
gets explained in a way where it's very, uh, what's the word? It, it's, it's kind of just set up in a way where you can't question anything because they could just say this one thing as like a false narrator to just say, well, it's all because of this thing. And it's just explained away. They, she wakes up from the nosebleed and they hear the cat and, and the squirts comment. And then they, they go up to get the cat. And the, grand, the grandpappy, he's up in the hallway and he goes, oh, you know what? I was looking for the bathroom and the cat ran into that room. And which they, was locked. Which, which was, was the room they the couldn't room get that into. was locked. They could not get into it. They were trying to chisel the doorknob off and they couldn't get in. And the other side of that door, the cat's going through something. Cat's like screeching and it is getting messed up. And something's happening in there with the cat. Something, which is really funny later on. Which um, we don't know because we're behind the door with yeah the and rest of the cast, and we don't know what's going on. This is where the whole panic, the whole movie starts going into a whole new direction because Isaac is like playing magic tricks. He has the key. The, the father is losing his mind and acting like crazy about the cat trying to get to the cat can't get to the cat i must have brought the wrong key although we know that the door is locked again and the cat's in there and then we basically hear the cat die and the cat's getting shredded by something in there that's when isaac's like you know what i need to use the bathroom now and he yeah. must have the squirts so from the, the veal strangest colors strangest disappearance of a character for no apparent reason at all it's like he goes to use the bathroom but he's literally gone for 40 minutes yeah, like, because this this just is just long enough to add in the explanation from Grandpappy. Grandpappy's what's got some really stuff going on with. It doesn't really add up to how it ends, but Grandpappy's like, "Hey guys, I know you're really depressed about the cat and me blowing up your bathroom and the veal cutlets making your daughter have a nosebleed. Uh, let's go downstairs and listen to some music. I got some stuff I got to tell you." And oddly enough, the family just goes downstairs and yeah. has a chat but with we him. We think that it's going to be some epic stuff he has things to, to say like something to say about isaac obviously something is not right with isaac he's some sort of like demon or something kind, yeah so. and i mean he va vaguely just says you know isaac never ages and i've known him a really long time sometimes i think maybe a couple years sometimes i think a couple decades he's never looked different than that 18 year old kid and you know what's really odd is he just walked out of the swamp one day no yes yeah, supposedly and he calls him grandpappy but he's not technically his grandfather or isaac is not his grandson he just showed up out of the swamp one day and said his parents were dead and he didn't have anybody else and he had nowhere to live and he was basically on his own so grandpappy took him in and and let him stay there and uh he has not aged and that was we don't even know how long it was it was a long time ago so obviously there's some kind of supernatural thing going yeah, on with yeah. isaac and, and I also have to point out now, too, but we have to talk about the movie itself a little bit at this point because the music in this movie is very strange. It is, sometimes it sounds like ripping off other horror movies, and then sometimes it just feels very strangely out of place. It's forcing the moments to feel bigger than they are. It, it, it's very poorly put in, and sometimes it's louder for the intensity purpose while the scene isn't so intense and it just really stands out as being bizarre yeah they do a lot of that intense music scenes like something major is about to happen and it's not really anything big there's really nothing big that happens so it's kind of like a fake out um yeah and and well so grandpappy's like you know you know isaac's uh 
uh, very peculiar. And I just kind of help him. You know, he walks, he does a lot of stuff where he helps, he judges people, and I go around helping him. And they're like, you're crazy. And he's like, you know what? I don't want Isaac to hear this, so I'm going to put on a record. And he chooses a record, and when he puts it on, it starts playing a conversation of the husband talking to his girlfriend that he's cheated on his wife with. Somewhere in the beginning of the film, before they came on the vacation, he went to his girlfriend and said, I'm going to divorce her on this vacation. And I love you. And the girlfriend's like, I love you. And Jessica, the wife, and the daughter both have to hear this. And the husband, again, acting-wise, loses his mind. And Grandpappy's like, I didn't put this, I didn't choose, the, I didn't write this music. You know, this is what's on the record. I can't help it. I didn't write this. He's very nonchalant about it. Like, he's just, like, not even taken aback by it. Yeah, he's kind of like, you're he's a dick like, to the husband. Yeah, you, you seem like a dick. Yeah. And, and you, you're a bad guy. Lots of strange things are happening at this point, And, like, it, it just <laughs> seems so natural for Grandpappy and Isaac. Like, this is just, like, normal for them. And remember, Isaac's got the squirts upstairs from the veal cutlets as well. Oh, yeah, so, we assume he has the squirts. Where the hell did he go? He just well, disappeared. Well, maybe he's cleaning up after Grandpappy squirts. We don't really know That's what's gross. happening. Um, That's really gross. Hey. And I doubt there's a, a guy, reason we don't like the veal cutlets. I doubt a guy like Isaac is going to clean up his grandpappy's poop. That's true. I mean, why would he? When we find out what we find out. This this is where the husband's like freaking out. You know, you lie, you cheat, you're, you're deaf. All the stuff. The wife's like, I'm done with you. I'm going to divorce you instead. Why? For starters, why wouldn't she divorce him from the get-go? It's very strange that she was holding on to this marriage. Uh, they, they hate each other. They... Throughout the whole movie, I don't, I don't think we're doing this justice. Every time he does anything, she's like, you're a dumbass. I mean, every time. It's really brutal. Like, she's a And screw. he just takes it. He stands there a lot of time with a, oh boy, face. You feel like the Curb Your Enthusiasm music is going to play every single time they zoom on his face. So she's like, I'm going to divorce you. And then he's like, you know what? You're all in this together. I think you hired these people to get me. And then you were recording all of this. And then she's like, you're a lunatic. And the, of course, the daughter right now is freaking out like, guys, stop. What's really crazy now is they're being virtually held hostage by two rednecks who may or may not have powers. And we don't know what's happening at all. And they just constantly keep forgetting about this maybe hostage situation. They're murdering of their cat upstairs. And then that all stops when Isaac shows up with the cat. Now, I don't know what that's up. The cat has a great name, by the way. It's like, if, it's if Toby, but they call him Tub Tub. Tub Tubs. And uh, Isaac reads that line really great. He's like, oh, when, when the cat's getting killed in the closet, he's kind of like, or in the room, he's like, uh, Oh, Tub Tub sounds like he's having a bad day in there. Like, it's, it's just I mean, really funny. It's, it's very disjointed. Redneck silliness, but like, honestly, it just gets beyond crazy at this point in this movie well yeah because now 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 the cat's back to life the cat somehow is okay he gives tubs tubs what's it tub 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 he gives tub tub back to uh the daughter who's just like her world is like I collapsing mean, she's lost her mind yeah. already she's got tub tub back so she's, she's good hearing all this shit that her, her father had an affair um uh, just a record of his well, her father saying that he's going to leave his wife yeah and, and they're ba he's basically threatening the wife the yeah. wife's threatening him it, she it threw the just, ring at him the daughter's having and, a bad day yeah and and all of a sudden the record's playing the right music now there's no more recording of this conversation isaac 
reaches down and, and grabs a shotgun from underneath the table. He knew where the shotgun was, and he grabs the shotgun, and now he's holding them hostage. Could be possible he knew that the shotgun well, was there because... Well, he virtually says it there. Placed it there. Yeah, because he says, at this point, he goes, the reason where I knew everything was is we've been here before. And Grandpappy's like, you're all going to be judged. I think at this moment, the daughter suddenly sees someone outside. They all jump up and they forget that they're being held hostage with a shotgun to look at the window together. And then Isaac and the grandpappy are both like, you know what? There's, it's probably a coyote. It could be a rabid dog. These crazy parts. A lot of crazy things are happening. They're acting, looking at the window. They all, they're, now they're being held hostage with a shotgun and they also just had a major divorce fight and they're just like zooming out that window looking for some coyotes then isaac's like i'm gonna take you outside and the father to the father and the father's like no because you're gonna kill me i'll give the shotgun to grandpappy okay i'll go outside with you and i don't know why or the reasoning for going outside if the reasoning is for going outside to get to kill the coyote they don't have a weapon. They just gave their weapon away. So, so now it's very strange. So now it's like, okay, they're trying to tell us, the audience, that something is going on between the father and this Isaac kid. What's going on yeah. here? So when they get outside, plot twist. Plot twist. We are now told that the husband is full on in cahoots with Isaac and, and not Grandpappy. He didn't know about Grandpappy. But apparently the husband found Isaac on SerialKillers.com, which is <laughs> so easy. Not only did he know about this house that they were coming to, although he's shocked in the opening, he, he knew about this place and was able to set up the location of the place and everything with Isaac and plan out this thing. Except Isaac is going off script by bringing Grandpappy and having the cat in the room. And by the way, Isaac's just like, hey, maybe I brought the cat back to life. We don't know what Isaac's thing is, like what, what he is, if he's a warlock or whatever he <laughs> is, who knows? But bottom line is, so when they go outside, the husband and Isaac go outside, it is revealed, big plot twist, that Isaac is hired as a assassin so that he can murder Jessica. He is hired by um, the husband to take her out. Yeah, he, his plan is to shoot his wife in the head with the shotgun in the house. That is exactly what he was hired to do. But now all of this other stuff is happening where Isaac's just playing a bunch of games. And so, that is mind-blowing. This plot twist is so strange because everything that's happened, it could explain his acting choices as being forced because the character is literally lying. But a lot of the scenes, we know that he's going off script, the, Isaac anyways, because he locked the cat in the room, all of that isn't a part of the plan. So it doesn't excuse the actor's choices there. None of that was a part of the deal. Isaac's kind, this scene makes Isaac feel like he really is just a, a guy for hire and he is just a killer and it's just a part of it. it it's, it's wild because why the husband just doesn't leave the wife, why he's ready to shoot his own wife I mean, in the head with a shotgun in front of their excessive, daughter. Like excessively forced. Like we do not get the impression whatsoever that this guy is an out and out murderer. 
Like he could just leave the wife, but he instead he wants to have her head blown off. And it's just very weird choice of character for this guy because he just does not at all seem like that would be, you know, he would never take away this kid's mother. Like it doesn't seem like that type of character. Yeah. The mother twist was like a little bit much for me. The mother and the daughter don't seem to like each other. It doesn't seem a great relationship. The daughter really loves the father and the father seems generally to love his daughter. Yeah. He loves his daughter. But I mean, I think like, you know, at the end of the day, he wants this shrew of a wife gone. Money? Is it money? Like, I, is I, he rich? He's rich. He's he actually um he says to her in the movie that you know, what are you gonna do? You know, you you gonna divorce me and take all the money? Is that your plan? And she says, I don't want the money. Which she is wants him. Odd. She still loves him. And so that's why she arranges this vacation and this um, rental home. And would you say it's love? And I think that she's Would just, you say that she does love him? I think that she, part of her loves him, but she doesn't want wow. her family to break up. He was going to kill her. But the problem with this plot line and is the fact that I'm wondering how much time this actor or this character had from when he was confronted with the cheating to when they actually went on vacation. Yeah, because that must a amount of time, that little window that he had to set this murder up. Was Not only set the murder, like murder up, but zero. talk to his girlfriend. And he had to talk tell to her his about girlfriend. the, you know, like he's going to divorce her on the trip. Yep. And then so they could do the, the whole recording thing. And like at what point from scene to scene did this guy have a chance to set this whole murder for hire up? Like and, what point did he do this? And that's really funny too, because no the husband is like, why are you going off script with the cat? And why are you going off script with um, telling my wife about me cheating on that record? How did you get that recording? Why did you do all that? I'm going to do what we we said we were going to do, but you're a bad person too, and you don't deserve any of it, but it's all part of my plan. And then the f husband's like, yeah, shoot my wife. Like, Vert, that's it. Like, just kill her. It was very brutal. And he said, "Just take her out, shoot her in the head." She's terrible. He he won't say stop saying how he's how terrible she is. And he also says in the the whole flashback or the recording to talking to his girlfriend, "My wife is horrible, and she will stop at nothing to get what she wants and do what she wants." She's like he's basically setting her up as being this very evil woman. The movie kind of tells us that maybe that's true that she also is very bad, and so you can't stop thinking that any time. The wife is also going to pull the rug out and have another twist. Except yeah, that doesn't that happen. That doesn't happen. So and there's no other twist. Instead, in she is inside while Isaac and the husband are talking outside. She is trying to plan with Grandpappy to kill her husband. Yep. Kill, and I will, will go to the cops and I will say that you are a hostage of Isaac's. And Grandpappy kind of is like, maybe that's a good idea. He seems that way. And of course, the daughter's like, what are you talking about, mom? You can't hurt dad. We can't leave dad behind. The moment that Isaac comes back in, Grandpappy's back with Isaac and they are taking hostage again and all of that. They're like, you know what? It's time. We're going to go upstairs and we're going to put you in that room. And, this, and Isaac says, this was a robbery gone wrong. We thought you were the owners. We didn't know that you guys weren't the owners. This was a mistake. So we're going to lock you up, take what we can find that's valuable, and then we're going to do a hot tip to the cops and so they can find your guys and, and release you from that locked room. 
okay, that's the plan. So they get up there, and instead of locking up everybody, they lock up only the husband, leaving him trapped in this, what looks to be a black painted room with nothing else in it except another door. But we really don't see that until for a couple minutes because instead the husband is just losing his mind like he's in a Saw movie. He is in a Saw trap and he's just screaming at the door, pounding it, punching it, screaming over and over. It Jessica, was pretty brutal yeah, acting. I mean, it, I just, it was. It's over, over the, top. the top. It's even filmed like a scream movie where it's like jump cuts of his face screaming. It's very, very strange. And again, the music For is like a Saw movie. Out, uh, yeah, it's out of place the music again and his screaming is out of place it he doesn't even just go ah oh, crap he betrayed me i'm gonna look around the room he just won't stop screaming at the door it's like the actor just couldn't decide what emotion he wanted to go or, with or it the was director very confusing didn't know how to what to have him do and that was what the director was telling him to do just stand at the door and scream and we're gonna film you and just go nuts and maybe he thought all these takes wouldn't be used but they use all of it i think they he just him wildly screaming, I'm going to kill you. Just crazy stuff. And at the exact moment that that's all happening, there's a knock at the front door again. And he oh, tells the wife, who it is. tells the wife, we're going to stay with your daughter in this hallway while you go look at the front door. Oh, you know, I don't leave my daughter. Uh, you have to go or we'll kill your daughter. Okay, so she goes downstairs. She finds a hammer set up earlier in the movie that she left on a kitchen counter. And she goes to the front door. And at the front door, is the husband's girlfriend or mistress. And she is frantically like, oh my God, are you his wife? And she's like, you're the woman that's sleeping with my husband. And she's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. He's texted me that he, he was in trouble and, then he need, and he was alone here and he wanted me to come as soon as possible. And she's like, he never sent that text. That's a lie. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I was coming here to break up with him. And she's like, I don't care. But we're being held hostage. Which I think is kind of um, a big load of crap because they Maybe. were planning on being she's, together. He was going to divorce his wife but really kill her. Yeah, and he they were going to run off together and live happily ever, ever after. So. She said he was still lying to her too about her, about the wife. That they were supposed to be getting divorced for a while. So she kind of says, oh, he was lying to me too. And then she's like, she was lying, he was lying to both of us, but that doesn't matter right now. We're being held hostage. My daughter is not safe. You have to go in to the cops. Yeah, and she's so like, she's... do you have any weapons? I have mace. Okay, <laughs> give me the mace. That'll work. Nothing. The mace doesn't come back. It's not No, it used. never comes back. Um, um, I just... She says, go to your car right the fuck now, or if you don't, I will kill you. And the, 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 the mistress is like, okay, I am going to go and get the cops. I promise. So she gets in the car, and the car, car can't start. And at the same time, Isaac's upstairs, upstairs going, you know what? This is taking too long, which is odd, because he should already know everything that's happening because he set it all in motion. And since the car won't start, you automatically are like, okay, this is some kind of hell thing. This is some kind of demon thing. This is, some, this is definitely a spiritual thing, especially since every character in the movie, except Grandpappy, is named after like a religious thing a religious yeah. name of some sort. And so this is all kind of a setup. And, uh, which is funny because the actor's name is Jacob, which they could have used Jacob as well. They used Isaac. Yeah, they used Isaac. Um, I think Isaac is like that stereotypical Isaac is always associated name. with like demons, I think. Like, it's especially always like in crazy Children child. of the Corn. Yeah. They're, you know, the leader, 
the crazy leader kid with Isaac and he wore that creepy ass hat. And it's stuff. like when people don't know what to write, and you just write Isaac. It's just Isaac or it's like, you know, you want a, you want a demonic kid, you name him Isaac or Damien. Yeah, it could have been worse. His name could have been Michael or Ange, uh, like Azriel or, or some kind of crazy angel yeah, name. Like it could have been top. really over the top, Gabriel. So he comes down. I know. In fact, I think he sends Grandpappy downstairs with a shotgun. Sen he yeah, sends Grandpappy downstairs Grandpappy comes with a shotgun. There. As, as the mistress, Vivian, is getting in her car and, and trying to go get the police, the car doesn't start, so something is definitely wrong there. We know there's some kind of forces at work here. Why isn't the car starting? Grandpappy comes down with a shotgun and the oh, daughter. And the daughter. With a huge barrel. Where did they of, get that? You know where they got? They got uh, gasoline. Fuel. Gasoline. Where did it come from? You know? I mean, this is supposed to be like some beautiful like estate home, and there's somehow just a big barrel of gasoline just laying around so i was like okay that's a little bit ridiculous and the kid is holding this huge barrel of gasoline and she's being told by grandpappy if you don't pour this on the car that vivian is in i'm going to shoot your mother which we should interject and just say at the same time isaac is telling the father in the room that it's time for him to be judged and that maybe he should open up the closet in the room. Yeah, so there's which, a closet in the room. He's never even looked at once. Never turned around. He was banging on the door so hard when he got locked in there that he never even turned around to look at his surroundings. And Isaac is like, not only are you an adulterer, but you're also a murderer because you were planning to shoot your wife in the head. And so he basically is like, go in the closet. And so he opens the closet and we got the coyote. <laughs> Here comes the coyote. The coyote's Looking been hungry. Looking all demonic with red eyes. And oh, like the ready whole thing. And just to eat something. And that, I guess the coyote pounces. We cut away back to the outside where Grandpappy is saying what you just said. Pour the gasoline on the car with the woman trapped inside. Trapped inside because the doors lock on her. She can't get out. So there's some kind of sinister paranormal thing happening here. Because she she's also out. an adulterer, apparently. And she's a bad person, obviously. So she of, is being judged. Of course, just because of this thing that she was maybe tricked into with the husband. But they're automatically saying she's bad. She's not redeemable. Killing her with gasoline and forcing a girl to do it is just fine. Right. A 14-year-old kid. The mother freaks out and takes the gasoline can from the daughter and says, run, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. So she ends up pouring the gasoline on the mistress Vivian's car and grandpappy throws the match. The car goes up and there goes the mistress. She's and she's burning alive. Burning it's alive. Probably the best moment. Which is probably the craziest. Yeah. Best moment. It of the looks, movie. it looks pretty good. It looks it, really it, good. It, it, it looks like a well done set thing. It, it looked really good. Um, but of course this distracts grandpappy and the daughter is able to run off and she is able to beat grandpappy to death with a hammer that was, that she had brought outside. Yep. And so grandpappy uh, best is part, yeah. done. He's, He's done. done. And Man. the best part of that is she looks for the, the woman burning alive who has <laughs> burned alive. She movie. just starts looking in the fire going, I think her name's like Vivian, Vivian. or something. Yeah. Vivian. <laughs> Vivian, oh, you're okay? Are you okay? I mean, this woman has like, been full-on marshmallow. She's, she's gone. seriously incinerated for yeah. about 10 and minutes And she's like, now. ooh. And this crazy woman's like, Vivian, no, are you okay? Like, she even gives a shit about the mistress, the guy who her husband's been banging, the girl who her husband's been banging. 
Like she really gives a shit about her at all, anyway. But so I mean, she doesn't deserve to die because she's banging her yeah. husband. But damn, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think act that's like insane. If the if these people are supposed to be judging angels of death or or killing people of sin, it's very odd that they're okay with a girl and a, or a woman torching another woman to death, but they're not okay with her having sex or an affair. It's it's so insane, but yeah. whatever. I guess cuz movie again. Um, cuz movie. It's always cuz movie. And then the daughter, she's like, let's run. The daughter's like, no, you have to get my father. And she's like, oh, crap. All right. Okay, well, so guess she, what? The coyote has eaten his guts out. Well, this is my favorite part. I laughed very, very movie, hard at this. Hands down. We just see the husband. Thing. Yeah. We just see the husband laid out. With his full intestines fold out. The, the coyote's just waiting. He's just watching. He wants to see what's happening. So the, the wife is able to have a full conversation with this man whose complete intestines have been ripped out. Because you know coyotes, they love guts. That's the only thing they're looking for. They, they don't think about legs. They don't think about pouncing, biting face off. Because uh, movie, we need his face to be intact to have a conversation. So he can have a full conversation. So his face needs to be fine. So his guts and all his innards and his intestines and all yeah, they're just laying out. out. And it looks, it looks, it, he actually looks like he has a giant beer belly with the guts hanging out of it. It just looks very hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't just, seem to be in a lot of pain either. You know, it's very. Oh, he's good. Very, very, you know, soft-spoken. Yeah. Oh, and hey. And, Got a little blood coming out. Yeah. Fine. I, it's like that scene in summer school when the, she, the when the teacher walks in on all the funny ass makeup and everybody's like dying in the classroom. It's just so comical, and it it made my night. It was the best part for me. And the coyote's just still waiting while they have a conversation where the husband asks, "Hey, how's my uh, other girlfriend?" And she's like, "She's alive, but she's dead." And she's lying to him. Everybody's good. Everything's great. You could die. So the husband dies. And when he shuts, she shuts the door again, the coyote's like, oh, cool. I can go back to eating guts. So the coyote just pounces again. Yes, but he was very courteous and he stopped very courteous. eating the guts. So he, he is have a, conversation. a very polite very coyote. Very polite, very courteous coyote. And he stopped eating him just enough so that they can have a nice conversation, the husband and wife. Absolutely. And then. You know, this whole conversation is making my meal. stomach growl. We, this whole conversation has been making me, I guess, hungrier because the veal, veal cutlets and a uh, 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 coyote eating some guts, I don't know why my stomach's growling I mean, so much. all that just sounds so delicious. It sounds so fantastic. Um, we have to have a confrontation with Isaac outside with the daughter. Mm -hmm. He's virtually talking to the daughter like, hey, I can give you an eternal life with me. She's got a shotgun on him. And she picked it up from grandpappy's body. He's like, I can give you everything. You know what? I don't offer a lot of women this kind of stuff, and I can give you everything. And it's great. And, you know, he's very flirtatious, and he's like, I love 14-year-olds. And <laughs> Not she, exactly, but that's just the impression It's the you impression get. you get. And he, he just did this because he smacks her in the head and gets the shotgun. Because she's thinking about it. She's like, I do kind of dig you, although all of this crazy stuff that has happened in this night, I kind of, okay, I can let my guard down. And he gets a shotgun, and the wife comes out. I, I don't remember. I, she gets the. They have like a fight, and she is able to get the shotgun from Isaac. And she shoots him in the gut. She shoots him, but she needs to know what are you? 
Isaac. At this point, Isaac, really, you really can't understand what is going on. You you know that okay, he's some kind of, I guess. I mean, he's angel some kind of like supernatural presence. Some it, something. You could, yeah. but this part of the movie, it could also still be that no, he was just a normal idiot, and he's like, uh, well, no, because you kind of feel like. Everything that's happened could have been set up. And I actually, at this part, thought, how funny, if this movie ends with they're not supernatural, all I could think was, somewhere there's a movie where Isaac and Grandpappy were catching a coyote and locking it in a, in a, in a black-painted <laughs> closet. That just made my, my day, thinking about how funny that plan was. We're going to lock a coyote in a closet. Yeah. It's just well, crazy. Can but we again talk about... Isaac and, and why why do they have to go out of their way to make him like the creepiest with the daughter like he was already creepy as hell yeah you know but they had to like go that extra mile to make it extra creepy yeah with him and the daughter it's it's very overboard it's it was very so strange overboard and I, I didn't appreciate it I felt like you know it was so forced and and it, it was just creepy and i know they were trying to go for creepy yeah in this movie yeah but i mean the end result of this movie was kind of well yeah down a little bit but to but to end the last scenes in them because we got to end the movie and what happens next because isaac is dying and isaac has to answer the question what are you and he's like well you know sometimes i don't know you know sometimes i think i'm an angel uh uh seeking re uh, justice over sinners you know i've been doing this for a while but also maybe he's dying he's full dying here maybe i'm also just a worried messed up kid i was just uh, i went the wrong direction yeah with my life so isaac tells us basically that he's just like you know he could be any of those things yeah he, he really and doesn't even understand himself he, yeah he dies and he dies so you think maybe these just these are just two nuts people just nut people like and that's it but what's really funny now... Well, Grandpappy and Isaac are just nuts. That's what you kind of so, leave with. You kind of go, okay, everything could have been explained because everything was set up in the house. So not really a magic trick, not really a locked door, not all these things because he could have just set that up to be a creepy kid to kill this wife for the, or, or this whole family or just because he's a serial killer. Yeah, like, but it, also it's very strange too because the whole, the whole plot of the movie doesn't really work for me anyway because the husband even says in the movie that finding a gun for hire is a pretty hard task which, in this town. And so, well, that kind of, like I said before, how which, did he connect with this kid? Well, that well, we'll get to that because we still got to finish the last part of the movie. Yeah, but what so was really funny after Isaac dies, the wife very comically says, run, just run. It was like, now a, we don't know why. Why, why is they're all running? dead? They're all dead. So why are you like screaming to this kid? Run, run, run. away, run away. Why? Everyone's dead, first of all. So that was comedic and, and ridiculous. So then they get to the SUV and they, they haul ass and they go to the we see them police, the police station. station. Yeah. The next scene is in the police station. So they're telling their story to a female deputy. Who's just like, who's like, you're bonkers. You're completely fucked in the head. What is wrong with you? There's no house out there. Yeah, nothing exists There's out there. There's no house out there. There's a road. There's just a road reason. and there is no house. The house you are describing to me does not exist. And the, the wife is like, what the? What are you talking about? We were just there. We were staying there. That's where we just came from. And she starts freaking out. And then the deputy pulls up a map on her phone and says, 
there is no house there. Obviously, the wife is like, get in the goddamn car. I'm taking you there right now. I was just at the house. There are dead bodies there. They go out to the location, and lo and behold, there is no house. There is no, no house, house there. The house is gone. Yep. There's a fountain and a, and a, and a kind of driveway, but, but no, no house. house. So, which is odd, and yeah. no one questions why did We're someone like, build a, a a fountain here? There's a fountain and a driveway, um, but there is no house, which leads us to the big reveal at the end of the movie which we're just going to go right into and say, say the deputy tells the wife reach into the glove box well we never set that up that there right? was some kind of recording device There's I mean, some it doesn't sort really matter, of but... recording device in the house which we thought um she was just taking pictures of the house so she can sell it the camera was somehow in the deputy's glove box from a house that just suddenly just wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. So the wife takes the camera out of the glove box and looks at the camera, and there's a picture of Isaac. It was like a video of him like saying a hi. Video of Isaac saying, "Look behind you." That's right. And here right. is Isaac in the same red busted ass truck with Grandpappy driving behind the police deputy while she's in the car with the wife. And here comes the big reveal. Isaac and Grandpappy are the guardians of the town. Of Louisiana's bayou. Of the bayou. They're the guardians. They weed out the bad people yep. and keep the town safe and in check from the bad ones, from yes. the murderers, from the, the bad, bad elements. Yeah. And they've been doing it for a long time. Yep. So naturally, everything that has happened in this movie is paranormal of some degree because obviously yeah. Isaac and Grandpappy are pretty much, we'll say, guardian angels, but not because they're pretty much. Yeah, because the sheriff or deputy or whoever she is, she basically just says, you know, they've been killing bad people for us for a long time and we don't know what they are. But we're going to let it go. Well, we're going to let it go because they and keep the town safe. You should just... Oh, and this is the best part. She's like, they kill the wicked. And then the wife is like, I'm not wicked? And she says, whatever you were, you were given a second chance. That poor girl in the car, though, that got completely torched, screw her. We gave you a second chance. Mm -hmm. Now, which is odd because, again, the movie really made her unlikable. Yes, so I didn't care for her. Yeah, it's very strange that I we got to this ending. Shrew. You know, we're just thinking here, like, okay, we're supposed to feel for her because she's the one that's getting cheated on, and I get it. You know, yeah, that sucks. However, she just is from start to finish the most unlikable person. I mean, there's nothing to like about her. Like, you don't even feel her pain when she cries. I mean, I personally didn't feel her pain. It just seemed like it was forced and unnatural because someone who loves somebody else and is upset and destroyed by them cheating on her would not behave the way she behaves. So right off the bat, she's just an unlikable person. The husband, the actor was just terrible. I mean, he was just a terrible actor. His scenes did not connect. He could not act scared. He couldn't act sad. He just couldn't grasp any emotion in this movie. He was basically sleeping through the whole movie. That's the way I see it. I wish that at the end, the last 
twist was that the sheriff and Isaac and Grandpappy were all coyotes. <laughs> and I wish they all turned the Sorry coyotes. Sorry about my annoying laugh. Stop, like, it's beautiful honestly, laugh. Honestly, um, I can't. They, I wish they all turned the coyotes and they all just howled and ran off and she saw them. I don't know why. I just is like, I wish it was something. I really thought this was not a good movie. I, I, I just felt so off and it needed just something. It needed something a lot more. more. It needed a lot more like this. It could have, it did have potential, but like but, throughout the whole movie, we're thinking, okay, so there is nothing like, a woman scorned and, and then expect her not to be like super duper pissed or wanting revenge on you or wanting to make you suffer. Now we did say that this woman was very snotty to him and mean to him and, you know, just treated him like crap after she found out that he was cheating. But I, I feel like that was that. just not the extent of what she could have done. So our thoughts in this were basically like, Oh my God, you know, like we like to try and figure it out within the first 20 minutes of the movie. And we're like, okay, this is going to be a revenge story. She is going to drag him up to this like vacation home in the middle of nowhere and torture the shit out of him. Yeah. So we thought it was going to be her revenge on him because there's no way you're going to cheat on this woman and not get, you know, totally destroyed by doing it. And it turns out that the plot was he was planning to murder her so he can run off with his mistress, which is not at all what I expected, which is kind of cool. But then on the other hand, I kind of like the revenge plot too, you know, a little bit, but this whole, like when you throw in the supernatural stuff and the guardian angel stuff and the grandpappy and Isaac were just, just not likable at all either. Like they're not supposed to be because they're supposed to technically be the villains. You know, they didn't um, grab me. Like their characters were just not something that I found interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. And so it, it just, it kind of failed yeah. in that aspect. Like, you know, and and, the, and again that music, and, and especially I think near the end of the shotgun sequence, they're playing some kind of Halloween esque music. It's, yeah, that's it's, what it sounds like. It's very strange. It, it's just the whole movie, like conceptually, everything about it just seems a little too jumbled and messed up to mm -hmm. to care. I I don't even think there was like a moment of directing or something that just felt like inventive. It was just very by the numbers. True. It was by the numbers and it was um, also they, they, they tried to throw some weird other supernatural things in there like drinking game every time we say coyote, but oh, no, uh, or grandpappy. you know, like the coyote. It's just weird because if grandpappy drinking game, you know, if he felt that, you know, Isaac was the devil and he wrote that note on the receipt at the store. Why was he warning? Him? Why was he warning? The father, why was he warning him of the devil watching them? It was almost like Grandpappy was giving them a warning to like either run away or leave town or whatever. Because if someone wrote a receipt, uh, wrote something on a piece of paper or a receipt like that to me, and I was in like some strange place on vacation, I would be like, okay, I've seen too many freaking horror movies. This is a bad sign. We're getting out of town. Exactly. Um, but the father was just like, oh, this is just something. And he yeah. wasn't even scared by it. And you're absolutely right, because just that red herring, I guess you would say it is, does not make sense. Because everything else, you can't question mo most of the movie only because we find out that they're supernatural. And that so everything that has happened was set up as a grand scheme of Isaac's revenge story. Mm -hmm. um, 
So you can't question it. But the fact that they work at a convenience store and sell veal, which I haven't said in a while, so I'm going to say it again. <laughs> veal. veal. Because of that set up, you have to question those moments in the movie not making sense to the idea that there is some supernatural stuff. The guy has a job. He has a convenience store. Unless they're saying the convenience store also disappeared and that it's never been there as well. Right. But also, Isaac has been planning this for a while to lure the husband there because the husband reached out for a killer. And so he got, and he had set this up like, oh, he's a sinner and he went right to him. And that's why I found right. him. It's just like that all gets explained in that weird way. But, but like Grandpappy, you said, writing a note is a warning. Grandpappy was in on this whole thing the whole time. Exactly. But the father didn't know that Grandpappy was in on it. He hired so Isaac. Why warn him? Right. Why so why would Grandpappy warn the father about the devil? And that's not only the time he does that, because he also does it in the house. He tells him, come he downstairs. Does. I don't want him to hear this. Isaac, you know, he's going to kill you. Basically mm -hmm. telling him. He's kind of warning them in a yeah. weird way. He's like, you guys are sinners. And then that's what we do. I kind of yeah. help him. What, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> I guess this movie is Highway to Heaven, the TV show. In yeah, movie form you know, is evil. It is. It is so true that, like, honestly, the grandpappy. I can't, I can't take saying grandpappy anymore. God, uh, but well, he got the squirts. Grandpappy. It, well, was that in the whole uh, plan for him to get the squirts? Oh, well, but, he really didn't. He just wanted to lock the cat in the room. He just wanted to lock the cat in the room. Them to no the create pilot? like a diversion or something, but for what? But here's what I also we have to point this out too. Because if the coyote was eating the cat, and then when he wasn't, how did the did the coyote nicely get back into the closet? Yeah, he must have just slammed the door on his way out because uh, he was he was coyote. back in the closet. And how did he get back in there? So like, are there coyotes in Louisiana? You know, I don't know. I know, I know. That I, there's an, I'm interested. Crawdaddies and of, gators. Yeah, right. Like, but is there a lot of coyote problems. I I don't know. That was bizarre but don't wait hold on a minute isn't the coyote like a symbol of like oh it's the devil devil yeah, yeah. I mean, so all those animals that we mean evil yeah let's just okay let's just ignore the coyote and let's not say coyote anymore so <laughs> I, say, I have to say at least i'm about to pop this. open a freaking beer and oh. after that movie i feel like i need one yeah so, we're, we're on a roll we just keep finding trashy films i mean once in a while we find a good one it's very rare but and since this is in this segment this. called um, Talking Trash, so this let's just talk some trash. Okay, first of all, I I'm not a fan of that actress or that actor. I don't I, mind the actress. I think that her, she, she's got a uniqueness. I think that she's got a place in acting. Like she has one face only. Stuff like that. Like she seems like she's perfect for that kind of stuff. I, well, she's great on Westworld. She's perfect as that android. She's that's so what I'm saying to you. She is perfect as an android because she yeah. doesn't have emotions. Yeah. And then the other, the other one, the um, the 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 husband, John, John the husband. His name is Paul Schneider, the actor. He had too many emotions. He didn't know which one to use. Yeah, he. Um, it he was far, bonkers. Yeah, him and the actor playing Isaac are both. They, I feel like both actors thought they were in a comedy. It, it's very, it's just so, they're so over the top that it's kind of like, and unintentionally funny. Yeah, you know, and I'm not gonna lie to you, the one person that actually had some real acting chops in her 13 seconds on the screen was the actress Lauren Richards, who played Vivian, the okay. mistress. She was screaming for her life, you and you believe, panic. you feel the yeah. panic, you feel the pain, you feel like, you know, this woman's going to freaking burn up in here, she's going to die, and you feel that. 
And yeah. she's the only one that showed any emotions except I for the daughter. The, the daughter. The actress playing the daughter is also the daughter really was crying a lot. literally through the whole movie. Yeah, she's she seems traumatized that everything's happening. It, it, I I can feel that. I get that, and that's probably what makes me give this a little bit of a rating that I norm. You know, it, it's not at the bottom for me. It's it's no, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not a four. Like <laughs> I actually think this may be a four to me. You think it's a one. four? All right. Well, I'm gonna give this one a five simply because I like that the plot was something. We had some kind of plot. It wasn't the best plot. It was all over the place. But they did throw a twisty twist in there, and I liked the yeah, you know barely. I like that. And it doesn't even really flow. So even the twist, I not appreciate. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't like this. At the end of the movie, perfectly, the the sheriff says, "Oh, never come back to the house on the bayou." Yeah, and I think that's perfect because I will never ever go back to the house. I will never watch this film again. <laughs> we'll never watch yeah. this movie again. And so, but I thought it was better than demonic because demonic was just. Uh, I think demonic at least had an interesting idea. Somewhere, I thought this somewhere. one had an interesting idea too. It just got a little bit thing. like. You know, it got a little over the top with the, I'm not going to say this, the word, but that animal that likes to eat guts. That was the best part. <laughs> I, I, that's the only reason I'm giving it a four is because the coyote is so hilarious. <laughs> oh, again, I the can't. Coyotes, the coyotes, grandpappy, and veal cutlets. We are ending this podcast yes. saying coyote, grandpappy, and veal cutlets. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm I, giving this a five. You're giving it a five, yes. and I'm giving it a four. Okay. I did not enjoy this film. I actually found myself just shocked at how bad some of the choices were. So I'm thinking four, and I'll say to everybody listening, uh, have a great day. <laughs> Don't, Don't watch, watch this, this one. Oh, Coyote. Wow, that is bad news for Tub Tub. No. <laughs>